Welcome to The Ringer Dish. I'm Lauren Zima here with the wonderful, incomparable Juliet Lippman. Hi, Juliet. Lauren. Hi. Hi. So <laughs> you and I had to jump on the airwaves here because we are deep Bravo fans, deep cuts into the Bravo world. And it seemed impossible to ignore the launch of a brand new Housewives franchise, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's been rumored for a while. I've just we've heard rumblings about Salt Lake. Didn't know if it'd make it to air, and here we are. Lo and behold, eight months into a pandemic, we've got a gift, and it's the Real Housewives <laughs> of Salt Lake. Oh my God, what a tour de force episode, Juliet. I am putting it on the record now. Not just the best Housewives franchise premiere in history, but I think the best premiere of a Bravo show ever wow. on the network. Wow. What do you think? Is that too bold? I'm doing a quick mental catalog. No, I I think this one came in with like a lot of like gusto. You're just like, these are crazy people. (laughs) Whereas like Below Deck and when that started was like kind of more understated and Vanderpump was like a backdoor pilot out of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That was kind of different. I think I'm with you. I think the only one that was on this level for me was New Jersey way back when. That was also like, these women are not so. Well, and I say that with the knowledge that we must acknowledge those who came before. I mean, I I think the only reason that this Housewives premiere was so insanely good is because it felt like they came to play. Watching this, and we're going to break down the specifics, but right off the bat, I I just want to say this episode had literally everything. I felt we'd been given a finished put a bow on it product that housewives historians had come together and and brought to us. I mean, we have something they're holding right off the bat. They're holding snowflakes. We've got aspirational wealth. We've got plastic surgery. We've got fashion and extravagant party, deep ties, relationship drama, a, a fabulous soundtrack, escapism, comedy. And then we had the X factor religion. Religion. <laughs> I was like, in the first like 10 minutes when it's very heavy on Jen and Heather, I was just like, wow, they're really doing it. We've covered Mormonism and Islam so far. What else is there to come? Turned out we also got some Judaism. We got some excommunications. We we got some American Mormon pioneers. Like it was kind of shocking. I didn't know that Bravo could could contain so much. Uh, Juliet, I'll be honest. I was not raised in the most religious of a household. So I was doing some Googling. I was having to keep up. I'm like, all right, we got Pentecostal. Okay, wait, how does the Mormon church work? There was so much to take in and it made me so excited for the whole season. But, you know, usually like when we had Dallas, okay, I I get how Dallas is going. I just got to learn these women here. I felt I had to learn like the Mormon lore. (laughs) Like I had to know about, you know, the Brigham Young's bodyguard was mentioned. I know. I know. Also, it's funny because like the name Brigham Young is so widely known just as, like, yeah. you know, Brigham Young University and whatever. But like this was like a personal like touch or personal right. connection to Brigham Young. It was not theoretical. It was not metaphorical. It was not religious. It was personal. It was wild. So how did you feel about religion being the thing? that is setting this Housewives franchise apart. They've brought together all the things we love about all the other franchises, managed to put it all in one episode. They did their time. They edited it. But religion is that thing. As a longtime fan, how did you feel about the way you were going to receive that and watch it this whole season? It's a good question. 
I feel like with some of the other franchises, religions like take it for granted. Like there's been a lot of um, like religious ceremony and, and also like, I think a lot of the women are, are pretty actively Christian, but it's, it's very much in the background, you know, it comes into play with like baptisms and weddings Mm -hmm. and that's kind of it. This was so front and center. I was like sort of shocked by it, but I took an instant liking to Heather, who's one of the women who talks about Mormonism a lot. And she was, um, I believe it was her relative who was Brigham Young's bodyguard, right? Yes, correct. And her like fourth great grandfather. Yes, fourth great grandfather. <laughs> she has pictures of all these people. It was wild. I think the Mormons are good archivists. Anyway, um, she's been excommunicated. She like, t- she's a great, she's got a real gift for storytelling. She really pieced it together. She was building it up. Now she's married to this, um, I think she said pure bread, like original Mormon right. family. A lot of the use of the word pure, which I know that me I know. Edge, in an exciting way, but go on. <laughs> it's it's like being, I, I think it's like being um, married to someone who's from a Mayflower family, but the Mayflower is like the pilgrimage West for Mormons. Right. I think. Anyway. And then she's like, so all that was going great. I was really rich. And then I got divorced and it was just great storytelling. And I think because it, she was like one of the first people to really dive into the, the Mormon culture, it, just for me personally, not knowing a lot about Mormons or Mormon culture really outside of like Mitt Romney's presidential campaign and, and some other, honestly, other people on TV, yeah. I was like happy that Heather was the one who was broaching this. Cause she made it a lot more approachable. And I think that there's a way to make the religious stuff like either so confusing. It's like impenetrable or, you know, I, I don't know. I, although if I were Mormon, I don't know if I would like this. I would yeah. be like, okay, let's, Talk I just realized, I think we might've got that slightly wrong. I think Whitney had the Brigham Young bodyguard grandfather. Heather married into the gay family. The gay family, you're the right. billionaire Mormons who Howard, I mean, there was- How, Oh yeah, How, they would Howard heard Hughes it. connection. <laughs> when she said Howard Hughes, so my ex's family worked for Howard Hughes and he loved Mormons. And so he gave them a part of his estate and they're billionaires. I said, what an employer. What? What do you mean? He liked more. Like, I had so many that questions. That was wild. I forgot about that completely because it was like in the first like 10 minutes and so much happened after. I totally forgot about Howard Hughes. Oh my God, that was shocking. <laughs> there were so many twists and turns. I was truly taking notes furiously. You did a really good job of kind of banging through what each person's religion was. We had Jen who was Mormon converted to Islam, right? Yep. Yes. And... Lisa, who said she was raised Jewish, but then Mormon by choice. She said she was Jewish by heritage, Mormon by choice. Mormon by which choice. I thought was just like a really good line. She, that was like, very, that was well done. Yes. I love their taglines, by the way. Um, my favorite, my personal favorite was Whitney's, this rose isn't scared to handle a little prick. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> are you talking about your own husband? What's happening? <laughs> are you talking? Oh I got a lot yeah, of questions. It doesn't even make any sense. No, it doesn't. Um, Meredith uh, was, I, I think... She's Jewish. Mormon? No, she was Jewish. Okay. Meredith is the one whose birthday was from Chicago, correct? Okay, yes. The, Lisa and Meredith looked alike and they acknowledged that. Yes. And I'll be honest, all of these women did look a little bit alike to me. I think they're all going to the same doctor in this small town in Utah. That's like when you notice two celebrities, you think they look alike and then you realize it's just because of their nose. And then you're like, oh, they got the same nose job. Right. I know. Mary you know was who, Pentecostal. You know who that's true for, for me? Who? who? Amal Clooney and Anne Hathaway. Same <gasps> nose. Oh. You're same really nose shaking job. me here. Sorry. 
That just hit me in the face like like somebody breaking my nose to do some plastic surgery. Go back and look at it later. <laughs> and they both have those big, beautiful eyes. Yeah, two beautiful wow. women. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mary Pentecostal, a pastor, oh, but she ever. called a pastor. And then Heather, Mormon, but like got, got a divorce. So yes. one thing that I, I also loved about the religion factor is that I think Housewives franchises really shine. And Andy Cohen has said this when they have real connections. You know, that's why on New Jersey, we loved the the sisters and uh, that on Beverly Hills with Kim and Kyle and these real long-term friendships on shows like Beverly Hills or with Britain or with uh, Brandy and Stephanie on Dallas. And these women all seem to have connections to each other, whether it's from BYU or knowing each other. And then also these deep religious convictions that kind of connect or divide them, which could really give us some fascinating uh, fights, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, I think also it's just like a a really potent thing is like, how X are you? Like, I'm Jewish. How Jewish are you? And like, what's what's your level of commitment or observance or how much do you know? I feel like that's really going to come into play here as they're already clearly competitive about their connections to the Mormon church. Yes, um, this or, royalty factor for them. Yes, 100%. So I feel like that's definitely going to come into play. But I mean, we got to talk about all of them. But let's start with Lisa because she is the one who is Mormon by choice. I noticed that she wrote an article for the todayshow.com. Oh, wow. Today, today.com. She calls herself Mormon 2.0. And they said that in the episode. And I said to myself, what does that mean? Well, I think it means that she's Mormon by choice, as she said. But mm. she also has four different tequila brands. And did she say if she drinks any of them? I She did not. She did not say, but I think she does. And working on a vodka, I believe. Yes. Can I ask you a question? it in the works. Mm-hmm. Like, why would one have four different tequila brands? Like, what differentiates tequila? Right. Doesn't it just dilute, for lack of a better term, like your success? I thought about that. And then I thought about, you know, I think distribution's complicated. Are they in different regions? Is it regional? It, it didn't seem the smartest to me. But then again, you know, I, I mean, I just look at Casamigos, look how great they did. So, know. you know, but I, I had questions. And Lisa's tagline was great for her tequila brands. When you take cheap shots, always expect a hangover. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I loved the, I always think about the taglines and I think if you're going to come in with a new franchise, you better come in with some good taglines. Like it gets harder to make them really good as the shows go on. Did you have a favorite tagline? I, I didn't, at least this is good. I I feel like I was just honestly so overwhelmed by what I was watching that like some of the standard real housewives-ness like didn't even stick because I was just like, what the fuck's going I, on I, I'm going to tell you, I think my prediction is that your favorite tagline is going to be Heather's, which is just like my pioneer ancestors, I'm trying to blaze a new trail. <laughs> incredible. Just incredible. The pioneer shit is wild. I mean, wild. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. So Lisa, what you, you want to talk about her because of her tequila brands? Because of her tequila brands, I think she's like secretly the biggest bitch. Like some may be more flamboyant, but her barbs cut. Ooh, she was the one where they said that she was the queen of Sundance. And even Jen, who we got to meet first and who felt very much kind of like the head honcho, the Kyle Richards to me, mm-hmm. Jen even said you had to kiss her ring to get into those parties at Sundance. And I was like, what does that mean? What'd you do? I've only been to Sundance one time. I think the parties are overrated. 
You know what? I've never been. And in the COVID times, it doesn't seem never to be happening, happening anytime in the future. Yeah. So I've heard though, that it's just become so brand heavy and like not what it used to be. I don't know what it used to be. because I've only been one time last year, but I was like, not that impressed. I don't, I don't want to be too jaded. I will say though, the, um, clothes that people wear to go skiing yeah. in park city and the stores on, on like main street in park city, more expensive than the Hamptons. It was outrageous. I mean, I couldn't afford like anything in many of these stores. It was, it was crazy. There was one shot in this episode where we just saw, and I don't, I don't think they even ever showed us who it was, but we saw like five inch stilettos trying to walk in snow. And I thought it was Jen. She it called was, her, her snowshoes. I said, this shot embodies the show. Yeah. This is what it is. And I love it because I've always loved on New York when they kind of get into holiday times and it gets cold in New York and they're in like their, you know, their fake furs and all that. I'm loving a winter fashion. I, it's not often that on a Housewives franchise, we see their breath as they walk into a party. And I was excited I, about the sparkles. I like winter as well. Did you watch um, Dream Home Makeover on Netflix by any chance? No. Do I need to? Set, well, set in Utah. This is my second Utah show of the season. And... I just feel like Utah might be having a moment on reality TV, but like, that's a really good point. Like oftentimes you don't get a cold weather reality show, like, but why not? Right. I think, you know, there's certainly an escapism if something's set in LA and Hollywood, but I love the, the fantasy of, you know, a glass of champagne with the snow falling around you. And it was also really nice to watch something not with any COVID in it, just again, for escapism. And they were, you and I were talking about this because they kind of acknowledged, you know, maybe some people are bopping around in Park City. Maybe it's not all the Salt Lake City. So I think what we have here is our first Housewives franchise that is kind of a vacation town franchise. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I support mean, it. <laughs> Meredith only lives in Park City half the time. She also lives in Chicago. So. Right. <laughs> Jen was in her Sha Chalet. It's 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 all not real. Which I have is- to say, I aspire to this more than like anything else I've seen on our Housewives. Like I aspire to be like a, a a resident of multiple cities. I really admire what these women are doing. If 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 they're only part time in Utah and part time elsewhere, I just admire it. Good for them. Completely. Let's be as bi coastal as possible. Yes. We <laughs> want all the seasons. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting too because on a show like New York, I you know they take the trip, but in New York they never really want to leave New York. You know they they get very antsy about about the traffic time and all that. And I think similarly in LA and in Dallas, they're kind of in the suburbs and everything's far. Whatever. Here, the, these women seem no. They're they're good to bop. Like I, I didn't hear any complaints about what area of Salt Lake City yeah. she's in, or I got to go over here. And I liked that being eliminated from the narrative, which is funny because Park City is like forty minutes an hour from Salt Lake. But whatever, they're they're cool with it. <laughs> they're like, oh. we're on the Real Housewives. <laughs> All good. I I think another thing also that just makes this good, and this is true for like every Bravo show that is like really compelling. Even Southern Charm, which is like deplorable at this point, but it really has this factor. When you tap into a real subculture that like Bravo hasn't fully constructed, it's fascinating. And so the Mormon stuff like is just really interesting because it's a window into a subculture that I don't know much about. So I'm like really excited to see more. And that's true of like so many shows, Jersey Shore, Vanderpump, Beverly Hills when it started, like, Southern charm right now, these crazy people. Like, it's just true for all of like the best shows. Completely. And I'm a big 90 Day Fiance fan. 
And that series, I, I interviewed the president of, of TLC about it. And he said, I think one of the reasons people love our show is because we take them to different parts of the world and we explore different ways people live in different religions. And I was thinking, this is, we're, we're bringing again that religious aspect in here into the Bravo subculture we always get, but this is adding that other layer that's almost like something TLC does that Bravo doesn't usually do. It's certainly the most diverse fresh cast we've gotten on a Bravo show in a while. And it's interesting because I feel like they filmed this a while ago. You and I were talking about this. They they did some flashbacks that said six months ago. (laughs) How long have you been working on this? But so, you know, I I think before this summer, they just were filming and, and casting for a more diverse show, which I think is great. And it also feels like these women really know each other. It didn't feel forced to me. No, I completely agree. The, the only moment when it felt forced was when Mary and Whitney went out for drinks or whatever. Yes. And Whitney's like, two. <laughs> they don't have a friendship. Whitney's like, okay, I'm just going to check in. And she gets her phone out. And like one could think she was checking in with her husband, but I genuinely think she was probably checking in with production. She probably was just like, are we done yet? Can we go? <laughs> The the conversation they were having, they, they had a full couple of minutes about how Whitney said, oh, I've never ordered the crab cakes before. I was like, this is not, I don't see these two, can, you know, maybe they've, but not at this moment. I will say I've heard that Bravo does, or rather the production companies behind the shows, kind of when they're still in the testing and casting phase, will film the women, even if it's just a new woman they're bringing in, will film them like getting a dinner together just still as kind of a chemistry test, not even guaranteed you're on the show yet. So I think especially in launching a new franchise, that might be why we had so much sort of ancient dinner footage. That, I mean, I think, let's think of in a premiere, we had flashbacks. Like, I, what? I liked it. I really <laughs> I liked it. Uh, so we were, let's talk a little bit more about the women. We were talking about Jen. We meet Jen first. And I have a question for you on this, Juliet, because Jen seems to have the most money. Like maybe Heather would have if she hadn't gotten that controversial <gasps> divorce from her. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Who knows? Billionaire husband or Howard. She left that Howard Hughes money. I want to know more about the gays. Yeah. Um, but Jen is the one who's throwing $80,000 parties. She has not one, but two assistants. Um, why does she have so much money? Her husband's a coach. Help I me think understand. she had three assistants, by the way. At one oh. point, I think it said Jen's third assistant. No. I think so. When she started <laughs> talking about how her assistant knows when her period is and knows when to buy tampons, I thought... Very upsetting. I mean, and, that, and that's the first assistant's job. Imagine what the third assistant's job is. I, tru- I truly can't. So... Her husband is named um, Sharif and he is a coach at the University of Utah for their football team. I think that football coaches like make a decent salary, but I don't think they're like, you know, making Howard Hughes money. So I don't, I don't really know. I hope to find out more. Also, um, which is one thing about Jen, part of her story is she explains how she converted from Mormonism to Islam Because her husband, she asked her husband to be Mormon five years into their marriage. And he was like, no, I'm black. And the Mormons like don't accept black people. And she was like, and she says, you're right. And then I converted. I was like, cool. You know, good story. I'm, I'm, I'm open to everyone just having freedom of religion. But isn't that something you talk about before you get married, let alone five years into your marriage? 
how did we get through five years? <laughs> did they ever see each other? Did they talk to each other? How did they raise kids? Maybe they hadn't had kids yet. How did they go to family holidays and gatherings? I that That's a deal breaker thing. That's right up there with, do you want kids or not? Do you, do you know, that is a religion is known as such a make or break. And it was almost impressive and made me want to dive in more. I also appreciated that we saw the husband in some confessionals. We had joint confessionals. I, I think, enjoyed from, that too. Yeah, because we really have gotten away from that. You still see it on New Jersey, but like in Beverly Hills, that's a pipe dream to get a joint confessional. Oh my God. I I used to love Paul and Adrian together back in the day. That was really... Yes. You know, I, sh- I should say we did get a little PK in Dorit. I, I will give them that, but... Pass. Pass on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, but did we want it? I don't know. You, you knew this was going to be a crazy episode and season when... Jen was telling her son not to kiss a girl because um, he might get STDs. That was like, you know, um, danger, like a dangerous thing to say. And that's how like teen pregnancy happens. Juliet, within the first five minutes, I think within the first three minutes, I wrote down, Jen starts talking to her child about contracting herpes through kisses and probably AIDS. (laughs) It's not funny. It's so outrageous. You know what it reminded me? And I, I honestly, I was glad to have this reminder is that the housewives are not our, our moral or educational compasses. We are here to watch actually messiness and to learn and grow and observe the messiness. And, and that certainly wasn't an educational takeaway that anybody should have. I enjoyed Jen as a TV character. So I don't mean this to be mean, (laughs) but she's like what not to do sort of everything you see her doing do the opposite. Like talk about religion before you get married. I'm not married, but I just presume that when I do get married, my future husband and I will discuss religion probably in the first year of knowing each other, let alone the sixth at I, a I'm minimum. Say it's not, that's a second <laughs> date conversation. I think that's yeah. honestly, you probably in the age of dating apps and like looking people up online, you probably write that off before you even make it to in person. If you 100%. see percent. Yeah. Right? If, if you don't feel like you're on the same like wavelength of like, let alone the same religion, but it's like interest in religion. You got to move on. I, I don't know what they were doing. What did you think of Jen? I, I will say, you know, I think they got together in college and sometimes when you get together yeah. younger, you can like work through that stuff or push through it and grow together. What did you think of when she said, we have a FaceTime marriage, if that's a thing? Um, it made me nervous. I'm nervous for several of these women as it relates to their marriages. I, uh-huh. I hope for the best. Sure. It made, made me nervous. I think that um, part of being married, I, as far as I understand, is being in proximity to each other. And so, and being in person, I think we've all learned in this time of COVID that there's really no substitute for in-person contact. So I, it made me concerned for her. It, I, I agree. I, I loved seeing her husband making breakfast for everybody. He seemed to speak very highly of her in the confessional. He was talking about how gorgeous she was when they first met, but it made me wonder, okay, that's when you first met. Where are things now? A FaceTime marriage, someone calling it that. I mean, look, I love to watch it because we're going to see what happens with everybody. And I, they, they were not even the relationship I was most concerned about. Which I know. I know. But wow. I'm, apparently, by the way, apparently Sharif was a lawyer before working for Utah. Like he's a football coach, but beforehand... I think he played and he worked for the NFLPA and he also did like personally a personal injury law. And I think famously you can get very rich from doing personal injury law. 
Oh, and one eight hundred call about crime, that kind of thing. So yeah, Selena and Barnes, John Edwards, oh. that kind, that kind of law. So maybe that, and then you know, I'm sure their money goes a lot further than Utah than it would in Beverly Hills. Well, I also watch this show through the lens of, are we going to see somebody turn out to not, and I'm not saying this is them, but it's always a question. Will someone appear to have more money than they actually do? And then their finances will get called into question. We will have a Dorit and PK situation and it will be all over, as they like to say on Housewives, the blogs. (laughs) I think I wouldn't put my money on Jen though. I'm going with Lisa, the, the tequila woman. Because you're like, why does she have those four tequila brands? By the way, which none of them I'd heard of. And I me drink neither. tequila. And that me concerned neither. me. I'm a big tequila drinker. Bigger than I'd like to say here tonight. I just think that she's, um, she gave me some phony vibes. That's Interesting. It. All right. Well, let's, let's get into Heather real quick because we love need Heather. her next. Tell me why you love her. I like that she's, she's into her uh, career, which is a beauty lab, which is a, like a Botox and beauty treatment salon. Um, I just liked her attitude. Also, she's got a real chip on her shoulder. She's so mad that Lisa pretends not to know her, which is really rude, but she just was so mad. And I, I just enjoyed her, her spirit and her fieriness. And she just seemed like she's kind of like doing her own thing. I don't know. She kind of reminded me of an SNL character in a way. I thought she was like big and bold and badass confidence, which I loved. But then I think there's an underlying insecurity in not being part of that Mormon royalty family anymore. And I think that's maybe where the Lisa thing comes from because I would imagine when she was married into that family, probably people paid more attention when she walked around at a party. Yes. I'm I, speculating, but... I definitely agree with that. She also kept... She was the one who focused the most on how Mormons need perfection and and um, care about perfection a lot. And that's why she has the beauty lab. Uh-oh. But I just feel like that like weighs on her how much yes. that's priority. She lived in that lens of you have to be perfect for many years. And I, and I give her credit for starting the business. She said, and I quote, it's just like putting your hand in a river of money because people are trying to attain perfection. She said she was a purebred pilgrim Mormon, talked about her heritage. We, we saw those black and white photos. And she said it all came crashing down when she got divorced five years ago. I think we're going to see some tears from her as she relives that on the show. I, I agree. Also, I thought her daughter seemed sweet. I don't know. I just liked her. She seemed she seemed like the most relatable by far. She was that, I think, perfect housewives combination of aspirational, but relatable, yeah. like a bit Sonia Morgany, but much more grounded to me. But if you remember when Sonia was first on New York, she was a lot more grounded. It's true. I will say these these women, like, they don't really have like analogs. Like you can't really be like, this is like the Bethany of Salt Lake city. This is the Teresa of Salt Lake. They're all just like really unique in their looniness. Yeah. Well, and she was the one who you, I, I could tell him like, we're going to get into some conversations. Cause she said, you know, part of the reason she left was that she loves black men and she loves homosexuals. All the things I love and gravitate to are not in alliance with being a good Mormon woman. Yeah. Ah! That's a lot. And, and it's a lot. On the topic of race, one thing you said before, which I think is true, this was filmed a while ago. So this is definitely the most diverse or among the most diverse along with Atlanta casts. And it wasn't reactionary, which is cool. Like this actually yeah. like is the cast that, that they that they picked because it was the cast that they picked. And it wasn't um, a course correction or anything like they're doing with New York, which I obviously completely support. But I just think it's like important to note that I think this group came together in a way that's different than so many of the other ones we've seen. Yeah. And it seems like these issues are just issues they all 
were dealing yes. with and have dealt with in their lives. So they're used to having these conversations and, and struggles. Um, Meredith owns, I think what she said to be a celebrity jewelry store. I, yeah. She just kept listing celebrities who'd worn her jewelry. And I think her son, who was taking a semester off college, do we think he did that just to be on the show? Um, good question. <laughs> I He either did it to be on the show or there was like some darkness there that they're, that they're not willing to get into. But yeah, you're probably right. It's probably just to be on the show. I mean, I really enjoyed him. Me he- too. I liked him <laughs> a lot. <sighs> now they, to me, were... And you're right. I think these women are all more layered than comparing them to the other women. But I think we are seeing some housewives tropes. Her husband in their joint confessional said he is overworked and undersexed. <laughs> and I thought, here's the problem. Couple he sucks. He cl- <laughs> Seth, Seth Marks clearly sucks. Do not miss your wife's birthday. And oh. he, he clearly also just wanted to be on the show as well. But like his tactic, I don't like the tactic of like making your wife look bad. Like, I don't know. Like, why is that an appealing thing to do on television? It's a really, it's like an easy laugh that isn't funny that I, you see men go for sometimes and women. Yeah. And watching a woman's son set up romantic flower petals and candles for her birthday in his dad's place was one of many dark, sad, and like borderline incestual undertones moments that I watched Super on this weird. episode <laughs> that made weird. me uncomfortable. Like, it's not like, son, I got, I like ordered your mom a gift, like wrap the box for me and leave it. It's like, he lit the candles and then mom comes upstairs and she's like, what is this? He's like, hi, mom. <laughs> also, what a mess. Cleaning that up. Who's oh. cleaning that up? I, I mean, not him. He worked too hard to set it up. He's tired. Probably her. Probably she's picking those up at the end of the night. And then she's even more mad at her husband who's not there for her birthday. And it's and upsetting. Also, I, I've heard that rose petals like just get really messy. They can like stain and stuff. Into a white carpet. Yeah. yeah. I not, mean, not good. That was just, up. that was clearly the marriage that will be ending the soonest. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, we see in the trailer some, he's, he's saying, you don't let me go through your phone. So I, what, it, that kind of made me think there could be things happening on, by both parties there. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Her jewelry can be found at MeredithMarks.com. So you can browse later, perhaps buy something. Could you buy something inexpensive as it's like part of your job to cover this stuff? That's a great question. I will be texting my accountant. <laughs> I always question, and I don't want to like take away from her business because I don't know this for sure, but I do always question when people start just listing celebrities who have worn their stuff because <laughs> I guess I just have the understanding that you can get free earrings in a gift bag at like a million places and think, oh, these are cute and wear them. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're constantly seeking out and purchasing for, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but you know, I'm I'm gonna pull it up right now. Would would you buy any of it? She has some nice bracelets, honestly, and I I do like a lot of this stuff. It's really expensive. I I don't think I could afford any of it, but some some nice jewelry. I have to say, I have a a bracelet kind of similar to one of these pieces that she has. So that makes me feel like I'm trendy. You know, I'm doing what Meredith would want. But Mm -hmm. um, it's you know, I I can't give me a price point on something. How much is a bracelet? Like $8,000. Okay. (laughs) I think think the cheapest one is, is there's one for 2,400, but yeah, these are expensive. Well, good for her. And I love how many of these women seem to have businesses. Yes. I like that as well. I do feel like with the housewives in general across cities, it's funny though. It's called the real housewives. 
it's really moving towards career women, which I'm really into. Like of this group, we got Lisa with her liquor. We got Meredith with her store. Her- Heather has beauty lab. Um, Mary, who we will talk about, is <laughs> running a church. Running a church. Don't call her a pastor. Right. I mean, th- these women have jobs. I, lo- I love it. And weirdly, they've also managed, because I guess this is the franchise that's giving us everything. Most of them are married. We've also yes. moved away. I mean, granted, the show kind of <laughs> produces divorces the longer yeah. you stay on. If we're just looking at the statistics, God love it. But we only have one who's divorced and then who's single right now. When Beverly Hills started, the women had like really good stories, really good backstories. I remember yeah. Andy Cohen being like, these women, they are rich. Like he was like blown away by who they were in their stories. I feel similar to this cast where it's like, they just all, they've all got something to share. Yeah. I mean, now over on Orange County, we've got part of the controversy being that uh, Gina is living in that small house, as Shannon Medor put it, that small house. And I'm like, <laughs> and I hate to say it, but I'm thinking, no, no, this is, it's not the show. It's, yeah, this is not the show. Yeah. There's nothing, you don't have a business. You don't have a big house full of money. You're not like, there's, I don't know what I'm, I don't know why you're on this show. And I'm, I mean that. On that note, Jen seems to have a home in Salt Lake and then a home in Park City and the Park City houses where they had the party or maybe, or something like that. And that was also very LA to me. That's like, you know, the, the really wealthy who have a house in like one neighborhood in LA and then another house in like, Totally, yeah. like an apartment somewhere for yeah. business, that yeah. kind of thing. So, to, to avoid traffic or like a beach house and a main house or an Orange County house and a regular house. Just like, it's a very like Western America thing to have two houses so close together. So then we get into Lisa. Um, another, I, I, I'm not making this up. They just, it's like they each had a little incestual and or hypocritical comment. She said she met her husband through her sister and she thought her sister had a crush on her husband. Okay, great. Get her on the show. Absolutely. Future housewife. Um, she's the one who owns the tequilas. I loved when she said, and I quote, I'm sure other Mormons care that I own a tequila company. What's important is that I don't. I love that too. That was a really good line. Do we think a producer wrote that for her? I don't know. It's so <laughs> I funny. Know. I, you know, like obviously we both cover The Bachelor. When I watch The Bachelor, I'm just like, is that real? Everything I see, I'm like, eh, is that real? But this show, I just take it in. I'm like, okay, sure. Good. I, I love it. Doesn't even occur to me to think like that. But um, Lisa made it sound like she accidentally ended up in Utah and went to BYU. Like she, she's just like, you know, I left, I left New York and <laughs> now I'm here. Just the way she, she said it was like very haphazard. I was like, I wonder what the real story is there. seems like she's like aligning a lot of information. Well, and then her and Heather have this knowing each other from BYU Connection, which I loved. We're going back to college with this. Love it. I need some receipts. I need Heather to produce some times where they hung out together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. I need some hard proof. Yes, Heather arguing that she did not break her moral code she had to sign. Did you know that BYU has like a really champion level hip hop dance team? No, I didn't. I'm going to send you some links. I think they're called the Cougars or the Cougarettes and they wear long, full long sleeve pants and tops. And then they like hip hop dance. Really? They're like very acclaimed. Wow. I would like to know if Heather or Lisa were on the team. I would. Can we talk about one of the other lies that Lisa told about alleged lies about Heather? Yes. She made it seem like she was um, a quote, good time girl, like flashing her boobs at Uh people. (laughs) I mean, Heather's incredible defense, which I like semi relate to 
was like, I wish I'd been a good time girl. I wish I was flashing people. And I feel like, I think a lot of people look back in college. was like, wish I, had, at least I do. I'm like, wish I had just been a little more fun, you know? And, uh, I just thought, I loved it. Another thing made me like Heather. I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. You didn't know how carefree you could have been then. And she was really not carefree. They were, you know, signing the moral code agreements. Um, Whitney, Whitney, what a story with Whitney. And like Heather excommunicated. And again, I mean, a trope of the housewives, a vow renewal. We get a vow renewal in the premiere and she's renewing her vows to her husband. This episode just also felt like we were uncovering layer after layer after layer of this rich Mormon onion. Um, and she says her and her husband, we find out, first got together because they had a torrid affair at work, which resulted in them both getting excommunicated from the church. And Wild. then they renew their vows. And she says, and I quote, let's party. <laughs> so good. Did she have a stripper pole? Yes. Yeah. And she got up on it. She was very, very adept. It was like she had studied hustlers or something. I I will say I really related to, I liked that they included that little moment with her cousin on the stairs where her cousin seemed to like off camera apologize to her at this vow renewal. I sort of felt, I was wondering how the family feels about her being on the show. Like maybe her being on the show is this real moment of her success to show like, look, you guys all shut me me out and I'm here and I'm still with this man. I hope we get more like Whitney backstory. I'd like to see more of like how Whitney got to be where she is now. It's also funny because she's got that really perky voice, but she clearly is like, she's kind of acerbic. There's a bite to her and I, I want to know more about it. I agree. She, I, she reminded me of um, Stephanie Hallman from Dallas a little bit. Like there's layers to this, to this like cute blonde exterior. So we, we've met all the women and then it all comes together at the party. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We've skipped oh. over Mary. We did. Oh God. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Mary, Mary, Mary was the one who I went into this thinking she's going to be the wildest story. Mary is married to her step grandfather. And then so much else happened that I almost forgot she was coming, but, but she did not disappoint. No, she did it. Mary was a tour. It was just a a lot. She was a, a, a strong gust of wind coming into this show. Lauren, I would like to defend her marrying her step-grandfather. I'm taking that in. <laughs> I'm taking Listen, in that sentence. Okay. This was the big tabloid headline before the episode. It was like a Daily Mail story that she was married to her step-grandfather. Yes. Yes, it's very weird. I agree. However, I don't think it's completely unprecedented. The really weird part is that she said her grandmother was like, I want one of you to marry this, like this guy. Like she's like, she did it for her grandmother is like what she basically implies. She said the grandmother said it was in her, it was in her will for them yeah. to get married because she wanted one of her granddaughters to take care of her husband. That's really weird. The will part is really weird, but I do think that like, it's not completely uncommon for um, relationships to be forged out of grief. So Forged legally in a document <laughs> written out by a lawyer, by an estate lawyer. I mean, literally I just, forged, Juliet. I just think that there was other things about Mary that were weirder and more shocking. That's just what I'm saying. It wasn't the most shocking thing to involve Mary. What was more shocking? That she was like so insensitive to Jen's aunt having a double amputation. I mean, it's not, it's that, not funny. That, right. Well, I, it's, I know, but it's so weird. We're going to talk about it. But so, well, it's interesting you say that because I do think it speaks more to her character, her marrying her step-grandfather. That's like, she wanted to make sure, do Favorite her grandmother's. Her grandmother. 
yeah. wanted to, yes, make sure her last will and testament was executed. Um, it's less callous than the I hate hospital smells thing. Um, but even your girl Heather said, I'm Mormon and we have a lot of latitude for a lot of weird shit. And she she didn't say they had latitude for marrying your grandfather. It's one thing Step for Step grandfather. Let's just be clear. There's not a blood relation. I just think that is a crucial piece of it. I need to know how long the grandmother and him were married. Like from what young age did she know him? Because he's 20 years older than her. So was she 10 and he was 35 and she's calling him grandpa? Listen, I'm not saying that it's acceptable or good, but like look at Woody Allen and Sunye Previn. I mean, not that different. That is your comparison. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not saying that that makes it right. Obviously, Woody <laughs> Allen is incredibly problematic. I'm just saying that I don't think it's as unheard of as people are making it seem. I'm not trying to say like it's a good idea. Right. I just don't think it's like as shocking as okay. some other stuff. What I did love, I, I, I just, I, I think it's shocking. <laughs> get I think it's shocking enough when somebody's like uh, you know I I married somebody my husband died and I married his brother well I I guess that's on the same level but this because of the also the age difference I think that magnifies it it. and the will the will makes it really really weird that it's like a that's like part of to your point a legal document that's and I feel like she uses the will it's a catch 22 for her. On the one hand, it was in the will and she, I guess, wanted to do do that for her grandmother. On the other hand, it's like how she explains it. She needs it. She had to be like, no, it was in the will. What I did love is that, and I, I'm i going to start saying this phrase. Sometimes Housewives gives me phrases that I, I just say in my own life. She was defending it in her interview moment. And she said, mm, they'll digest it. <laughs> I just love how much she just does not give a shit about other people's no. opinions. Loved I it. mean- I'm going st- to, any, anytime anyone has, an, I'm going to say, they'll digest it. It's kind of like the new let it marinate. They'll digest it. Uh-huh. Yes. So Mary, 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 Mary. And she loves her. It, it, how interesting that she leads a church. Also the church inherited from her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Also per the blogs, per headlines, it's caused like a rift in their family on who actually should have gotten the church. And then She's a pastor who loves Dolce and Gabbana and like brands. I have to say, I oh, I never understand when you see people who are religious leaders with wealth like that because I'm like, isn't that contradictory? And where does the money come from? But I, I welcome alternate opinions. But it, I, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> There's a lot to learn about Mary. I think. I mean, also, I uh-huh. need to know more about her husband slash step grandfather. It just seems like there's a lot of money going on mm-hmm. with Mary as well. And I'm, I, I'm confused as well. I, I just got questions. She's just such an anomaly. She's really something. There's something about Mary. <laughs> There's something about Mary. <laughs> Credit exactly. to him. We, he was in the confessionals too. They all showed up. They I know. All I liked it. Up. Yes. I really liked it. I need to, I need to look into which production company did this show. Cause like you know, if they did any other of the franchises as well. Yeah. Because what, what happens is like, Evolution TV mm-hmm. does Orange County and Beverly Hills. And so there's like some production similarities in those. And then you'll just see that like the same companies will do like a couple of them, but not all of them. And so it's really fascinating. And so I also like that means they don't all do the same casting either. Um, so we've met all the women and they all come together at this party thrown by Jen. Oh my God. 
And I could not, there was a moment where we also, we already had friend ofs in this episode. We already had friends of. Carrie. Hello, Carrie. Yes. Women like who, who clearly wanted to be cast and didn't quite make it. But she, this woman came in as Jen's getting ready in her pink sparkly dress, kind of stumbles in with a gift. And she's like, Jen, your birthday gift. And she, Jen's like, it's not my party. (laughs) And I was thinking, that's me. Whose birthday is this? I didn't know. I cannot keep it up. Was it ultimately Meredith's birthday party? It was Meredith's 48th birthday. Her husband, Seth, did not attend. And as um, in a wonderful moment, Jen explains that she brought in Tongan dancers. Jen is Tongan. And the producer's like, what did Tongan dancers have to do with Meredith? I loved it. We even got a producer question in the first episode. We broke the fourth wall. So good. And yeah, so she good. said, she said nothing. She said nothing. <laughs> I remember they were saying, they were telling her, Jen, we don't really think Meredith is going to like all these um, naked men. One of whom was Jen's nephew. Did you notice that? He brought <laughs> yes. over like, like some meatballs on a stick. And she's like, this is my nephew. Thanks, honey. I'm like what? Just the, the shirtless guys just greeting you as well. It was just, it was so over the top. Where did all these people come from? Honestly, I didn't know that this kind of thing happened in Utah. It just shows my own bias and not knowing anything about parts of the country. But I was just like shocked that this was happening. And you know what continually shocks me on all Bravo programming? No matter where you are, there's a service in this great country of ours where they can cater a party and get party rentals. You know, you're just, you're mm-hmm. never... You're never alone. There's always a party rental service readily available for all of these shows. I was watching it and thinking along those lines, I was thinking, I'm so sick of seeing this party. I I was disappointed in Jen. I was. She kept saying she's really known for throwing a party. And so what did we get? We had a step and repeat. Mm -hmm. Wow. We had past apps. We had some white couches with floral arrangements. The Tongan dancers were the best part and they made absolutely no sense for being there in the dead of winter when everyone was dressed like it's New Year's Eve and it wasn't even her birthday party. I mean, I I don't have a lot of responses for that. I will say, (laughs) I will say, I think that the size of Jen's house, the fact that she has that venue in her own portfolio really blew me away. I was like, okay, this is big. Hmm. By the way, I'm sitting here trying to figure out who the production company is. And apparently there's some chatter about and rumors about Bravo firing the original production company and bringing in Shed Media, which does New York. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That would explain a lot about why they have these flashbacks, old footage, uh-huh. and then sort of like starting over. Huh. And it, yeah, it would explain why it's maybe taken so long for us to get Salt Lake City. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just seeing this. I'm just doing a cursory check, but that's all that I can find in terms of everything, anything concrete. Interesting. Um, but New York is, I, I still think gold standard, the, the gold standard. So you know what? Bring in the best. I think New York and Atlanta are clearly the two, the two, one and two, one A, one B. I do love, um, I do love Potomac as well. I have to say I haven't watched it, but I've heard it's fantastic. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. Um, but it's not yet at that. Like, I think it needs to be on longer to be of gold standard, uh, naming. So they're at the party and, uh, this is where we get into this conversation about 
the amputation. The amputation. <laughs> There's no way around it. I, I did not see this coming. I didn't see us going to amputation. I didn't know that smells of hospital would become so pivotal. I can't say I didn't like it, but I just never could have predicted this would be the fulcrum in which this premiere rested. I, I, I certainly didn't as well. I, it harkened back to New York, um, Aviva throwing Aviva, away. of course. That's all I could think of. But I, (laughs) the way that they were arguing about it, Jen was so seriously like, my aunt had both her legs amputated. (laughs) Not laughing because it's it's just so ridiculous. This conversation is happening at a birthday party and Mary is telling her, she's standing her ground. She's saying, no, the smell of a hospital is triggering to me. I think she said because she'd had all her glands removed. All of her sweat glands, all her odor glands is what she said, actually. So I don't know if that's safe, but be safe, Mary. But yes, she said because she'd had all of her odor glands removed, it was triggering for her because of her own time in hospital. They act like they're British. They keep saying hospital instead of the hospital. Well, and what it culminated in was Jen, they have this conversation. I thought, I'm speculating. I thought Mary looked a little tipsy Mm. during this. Her hair had gone a little astray. And her be- big, beautiful eyes had gotten a little bit wide and she was responding a little bit slower than she than her witty, fiery comments earlier. But then Jen storms off, slams the door and says, don't disrespect my family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and now we're in New Jersey. Now we're in New Jersey. <gasps> so good. It was and so we good. Get, we get a to be continued. At the end of the episode. I know. It was it was wild. Also, I liked that with this fight, everyone knew exactly what happened. Uh, like with a lot of these fights, be like, well, I don't know why she's so mad or all this stuff. It was very clear what happened. Mary yes. offended her by saying it smells like hospital and being overwhelmed by hospital. <laughs> yeah. If we're, you know, we know exactly what happened, but it's a moment where the truth is wilder than the <laughs> this then, story. It's just too good. Also, the way that they all were so serious. I mean, it's not funny, obviously, to whatever happened to Jen's aunt. I, you know, it's very sad. But like just the the lack of self-awareness about this fight and how they were talking about smells of hospital and the amputation. Um, and Mary has some other really like just choice lines about it. I mean, to make someone else's double leg amputation about yourself is it's a feat, I think. And, and I, I know that you particularly liked one of her her lines about it. I did. Uh, I, I I think we think we should get into some housewives superlatives and make oh, some great about where the franchise should go from here. And I would like to start with we always get our taglines and they're the same every intro, but I would like to do a tagline of the night from just the quotes from the episode. And first give me yours if if you are ready. I liked Jen, Jen, Jen and Heather stole the show for me. I just feel like mm-hmm. they're, they're my, they're my Jill and Bethany of this uh, season. And, um, I did really like when Jen was like reveling and converting to Islam. And she was like, "Assalamu alaikum, bitches. <laughs> I, I loved that. But I think actually my, the thing that best encapsulates this entire episode was the, the B roll or not even B roll, just the footage of her, wearing her stilettos in the snow and her saying, I put on my winter shoes. I just, I loved it. It was was a great one, two punch. It was just using the magic of television. Jen gave us some comedy, which I I liked. I'm really into Jen. She also looks like she could be on the, on the Kardashians. Like that's just like her look. 
Yes. When, when she was talking to her assistant and he told her he'd chosen raspberry chocolate for one of the layers of the cake and she said, I'm uncomfortable with the news you've just given me. Um, when she had that microphone for no reason, I was like, she's literally playing in the scenes. Yeah. She's giving it to us. <laughs> Mary, I think, gave me the tagline of the night, which was her um, being insane and also giving me kind of some good advice at the same time. And I quote, why are you getting your legs cut off at 60? She didn't eat right. Drink water. <laughs> what do you think she, I was like, was she, what, what could possibly have happened to her that Mary thinks water would have helped with a double amputation? I mean, the thing is it all, it wouldn't have hurt. I don't know what else, like she's not wrong. Drink water. Yeah. It's also an incredibly insensitive thing to say. <laughs> like not only making it about herself, now blaming the woman. Yeah. Drink water. Why didn't you drink your water? So funny. Why are you oh getting your God. legs cut off at 60? This poor woman, she is a character and she didn't even know it. Mary's Tagline of bitch. the night. These women are not that nice. It's another reason why the show is good. Yes. Um, I want to also, since this is a premiere and we're looking ahead and hopefully we'll talk about Salt Lake City more, let's make some predictions for who is going to kind of like fill some of the housewives roles that we love. Um, I think we've agreed our couple on the brink, Meredith and Seth. Good luck, people. Good luck. Uh, who is your, we have a couple, who is your chosen badass businesswoman who's going to like really talk about her brand and, and bring us into those scenes on it's the show? A, it's a competitive field between Lisa, Meredith, and Heather. I think Meredith will, will bow out. She'll be too mired in marital problems. I think, and I think it'll come down to Heather and Lisa. I'm rooting for Heather. I think that the... Um, the spirits business tends mm. to play well on television. So I feel like it's going to be Lisa though. In my heart, it'll be Heather. A party sponsored by our four tequilas will yeah, be the finale exactly. party. Uh-huh. Exactly. We've got a different section of the party for each tequila. Yeah. Different okay. room for each tequila, uh-huh. with a different like color light or something. Oh my gosh. They're going to debut the vodka line at the finale party. Aren't they? Oh, good call. You nailed <laughs> it. You nailed it. <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> But I think your Heather's going to be like, come get a treatment and we could do that here. She already did it. And who is your clothes hound? I loved the the fashion on this episode. I, I didn't necessarily like want to be wearing any of it, but it felt yeah. so like sparkly and fun and wintry to me. Who's your clothes hound? Wardrobe I'd most like to have. Ooh, that's tough. Maybe Lisa. But I think most fun wardrobe is going to be Mary, Miss Dolce Gabbana. 100%. Mary's kind of like the, she's, you're looking at her and it's always a feast for the eyes, but you don't actually want to wear it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You're like, good. Just, and also she's very, she's very like thin. So I feel like she looks like a mannequin. So it's like, good. Do your thing, Mary. We'll just look at you in in your bright colors. Like one of her outfits was like Joseph of the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I was just like, what is this? Oh, I want to go watch that now. Give me my colored (laughs) coat, my amazing colored coat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Lisa's like from New York has good style, period. Yes. Who is the grand dame? Who is the Karen Huger, the Kyle Richards? Who is driving this ship? Again, I feel like it's a crowded field because we've got so many kooks. But um, I think it's got to be Jen. They really set it up for her to sort of be the center of, of this world, throwing the party, first introduced. Also, just kind of like a different kind of family. Like, I just feel mm-hmm. like, I just feel like, I feel like it's going to be Jen. But I don't know. I, I also could see like, you know, I, I do think that Mary will be the most like comic relief. 
And I, <laughs> and I feel like Whitney's the most grounded, to be honest. So I feel like, and so Whitney will also have a big role in being like a voice of reason. I don't think there's been a franchise where I've had a harder time determining before. We're, we're going to need to see more, but I agree with you based on Jen getting brought in first. And she kind of gave us everything in this episode. She gave us a hint of what's happening in my relationship. She gave yeah. us comedy. She threw that party. She had an issue with a woman. Like she, she gave us a fight. She mentioned AIDS. I mean, she really did a yeah. lot. She gave us an amputation storyline. <laughs> she really ran again with medical problems from amputation to STDs. Don't disrespect my family. It's like the Godfather. <laughs> I mean, it was wild. Who, who would you be most scared of getting into a fight with? Ooh, Heather, because I, I think she's a just she just looks the strongest, and yeah. B, I think she's got nothing to lose. She's like, I'm independent. I'm on my own. I don't have any family Mormon royalty reputation. I have to answer to anymore. Heather, yeah. what about I, you? I. I think you can't win a fight with Mary because she's so delusional. I so oh. I I would not want to fight with Mary because it would have no opportunity to win. Like reason reason wouldn't work. No logic. <laughs> so Oh, you meant I was going physical fight, you were going war of the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, both really both. both. On the topic of physicality, I also really like about the season that the women wide range of bodies. I feel like we haven't gotten that in a while. Yes. And also that it wasn't really talked about. It wasn't made a thing. It was just here they are looking great. Like on OC, which I do appreciate, Emily has gotten into her body issues, but it's it's like from the second she joined the show, it was I'm bigger and it was part of it. And I don't want to take away that like that might be something that really is part of her own story, but it was nice to just see it and and not make it a thing, especially in the first episode. Yeah. This is just sort of like, this is a weird way we of just discussing this show. We just love this show. It was we like weirdly love- refreshing when a show is good right now, like during COVID and just like this crazy, just this crazy high tense time. When a show is good and you can like lose yourself in it. It's such a thrill. I'm just oh. like, thank you, God. I have to say I've been loving Bravo with the, with having below deck back. I'm watching Southern charm though. I I'm embarrassed by that. And now real housewives of salt Lake. I'm just like, I'm thrilled. And for me, Grey's Anatomy's back. So I'm just like, you know, great stuff. It, it's been, especially because like it was always escapist, but now this year that we have not been able to go anywhere to feel like you are not just mentally escaping, but also like traveling yeah. um, has been, and, and I, I do, I appreciate that this, I hate to say it, but like even OC now, they're getting into COVID. It's all happening. I'm so, it's, it's such a gift too. that this was filmed before all that. I know. Plus it's like actually good quality. I'm so sick of low quality footage on TV. I can't watch, watch what happens live. Like shout out to Andy still trying to do it. I feel like you guys do a better job on ET and, and elsewhere, but I guess cause you were always doing remote interviews and stuff, right? I guess you did a lot of red carpets, but I feel like for whatever reason, it's really bad on watch what happens live. And I am so sick of it. And well, and we can tell when uh, they've made them a lot better, but I, you can tell like on Orange County that they're filming those confessionals yeah, like themselves. on an iPhone in their garages. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, not great. I hated that on New York when Ramona was like in her kitchen and whatever. Not the, they didn't set up the best framing. I, I tip my hat to Luann. She put photos of herself in her shot and <laughs> Ramona was like in front of a refrigerator. Luann's thinking, let me put some modeling photos in here. I, I love a well done shot. Set it up right. Yes. Well, they set this whole show up, right? We love it so much. I, I stand by it. I think the best series premiere Bravo has ever had. I could not be more excited. And I'm so glad that we got to dissect it all, Juliet. 
Thank you so much, Lauren. Great to chat with you about it. Thank you. And hopefully we will be back to talk more Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and find out a little more about, you know, uh, who's headed for a relationship amputation, who's headed to become the Grand Dame, who will fall into flames in their Dolce & Gabbana. That's all I have to say. (laughs) 